podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on AI Pro, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I am, at last, Trev Downey, and joining me to give their immediate reactions to Ajax nil Liverpool 3 in the Champions League from Amsterdam are Dave Hendrick and Carl Matchett. Uh, it's been a while, young Hendrick. Um, I, I, do I need to reintroduce myself or anything? Uh, if I do, just please tell me if I have to explain my credentials for this uh, gig again. <laughs> and also, if we could, please, for the benefit of those not uh, following live on Discord, could we explain, just before we get into all things um, um, Ajax Liverpool, what what is going on with your profile pick here on Discord? Is it a requiem for your favourite man? I genuinely don't know who my profile it's, uh, is. It's it's uh, it's it's poor Atleti's manager who. Oh, it's Diego, it is. It's it is, Diego yeah, Simeone. It is. It is. Well, it's it's a it's both an obviously an, a nod to him because I adore him and partially to and wind up with me because you hate yeah. him. Um, and I <laughs> feel that like, given given what's just occurred in the Atletico Madrid match tonight, uh, he probably just needs my support more than ever. Um, well, the one, one person who needs it more than 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 uh, than him is Carrasco, who missed yes. the penalty and then blocked the follow up <laughs> for a play. <laughs> uh, tremendous shit, stuff. Shit anyway, striker, but a classic defender. What a player! Um, God bless him. We're back well, back to back to uh, uh, winning ways. Um, I missed two wins and a defeat uh, in my layoff, and uh, we're back uh, doing things in Europe like only we can do them, except. It's what I think they used to call in olden days a curate's egg of a performance because that first 30, 25, 30 minutes was very appalling, if we're being perfectly honest, Dave. It was. Uh, let me start by obviously welcoming you back. For those that aren't aware, Trev has been off the last few pods having hurt his back, but that wasn't what actually took so long for him to get back. See, Trev, as he said repeatedly, lives in rural Ireland. And upon seeing the team sheet for the City game and seeing James Milner right back, launched the television out the window, went out and jumped up and down, got into the car, drove up and down, and then fell getting out of the car and hurt his back. The back healed up in a couple of days, but it's taken this long to get What's a new a television out to him. That's payday, payday yesterday. Payday yeah. yesterday, David. Well, Plus, yeah. delivery to rural Ireland is not the quickest. What happens? No, 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 it's no. Get, crap. get your act together, Mr. <laughs> Bezos. Um, I would say that was a game of quarters tonight, Trev. I think for twenty-five minutes we were absolutely appalling. A wagon, about as bad as I've ever seen us under Jurgen. No shape, no clue, no purpose. Virgil holding us together almost on his lonesome at the back. 
And then we had 20 minutes between 25 and 45 where we were just bad, but not dreadful. And we seemed to remember that we were footballers, but just not very good footballers. And then the second half, we had 20 minutes where we were good. And then there was 25 minutes where nothing really happened. So Mm. all things considered, look, we'll take a 3-0 win away from home in a European game all day long. But we should have probably been two or three down before we scored. Once we scored, their heads went. Once we scored the second, it kind of felt like their hearts went out of it as well. And for a long time, they were just going through the motions. Now, they they gave a bit of a last hurrah in the last few minutes and threw a few bodies forward and had a couple of half chances. But the first goal knocked the wind out of them and the second goal knocked the fight out of them and, and they just had nothing more to offer. It is one of the issues when you have a lot of young players like they have and then your more senior players are the likes of Davy Klassen and Stephen Berghaus, who are decent players, but they're not good enough to lift all of them around them and drag the team forward. They, they're just decent players and nothing more than that. Uh, all in all, like I say, we'll be happy with the result, but I don't know that we should necessarily be all that happy with the performance. If we play like that against anyone good, we will get absolutely torn asunder and it will be over before we wake up. Yeah, couldn't help thinking very similar thoughts myself. Um, I, I like your I like your breakdown of the game as well into those um, four sections. I think that does work comparatively well. Uh, that last one, of course, is a little bit of a write-off with all the changes and uh, loads of children running around um, uh, on the pitch and stuff like that and owl fellas uh, kicking lads up in the air. And, uh, it, you know, it's... It, it, it felt it, like... It felt like a sports day at a school where like Honestly, the, the yeah. dads come in and play the teachers and some of the kids play on both sides. That's kind of what it felt like for the last 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> it really was a bit of a free-for-all at the end. Luckily, nobody got crocked. And Carl, I suppose, you know, there's so many things that we can talk about here. Um, but the main thing, of course, that any of us gave a crap about, the thing that I've been chatting about, I think, since the second or third game of the season, when it became quite apparent to me that something was awfully wrong with our league form, uh, and I had very little hope about it coming right soon, was that this might be our salvation. And everything really did hinge on this, because let's face it, with the form that Napoli in, I, th- I think they've had another multiple goal win, maybe 3-0, 4-0 again tonight. They've had five wins on the bounce. God knows what their goal difference is. And nobody would have fancied trying to get something against them on the last day. That would have been a nightmare scenario, especially given how nervy things are and all the rest of it. So we have to really lean into the fact that it really was a case, it it really was a job done on the night when we desperately needed it. It's, like I say, may not be realistic to think of winning this, but it does offer a lifeline of hope in a season that has gone a bit askew. Hello and welcome back. Nice to have you again. Thank you, mate. Um, yeah, look, I think get through this group, I think was the the mantra that most of us have had for a little while now. Uh, I think myself and Dave both said we would take a point before the game tonight. And I think that that kind of summed up where we are as a team at the moment, but also the thing which could save our season in the second half of the campaign, obviously, since we're, uh, still now going to be involved. Um, it was interesting tonight. I think it was it was quite a weird mix of 
reason for optimism and also massive reason for hesitation and wondering what kind of team was going to turn up and all the rest of it. Um, I don't really know what this Liverpool team is at the minute. That's that's the honest truth of the matter. I mean, obviously getting to the stages of the game, but that, that first period of the match, I think, was not just as bad as anything I've seen Liverpool put together under Jurgen Klopp. I think that's as bad as I've seen anything resembling football put together for quite some time, to be honest. It was very, very shapeless, very, very clueless, very uncertain of who was supposed to be doing what at different moments. Um, there was one particular moment, I think about 12 minutes into the game, something like that, which kind of summed up everything for me about that first period where we saw Virgil running out of defence uh, down obviously the left channel in possession, looks to play it out wide. We don't have full overlapping because he's actually in the centre forward position. We don't have a central midfielder in field of him to pass to because he's actually run back into the left back position. And in the end, it went all the way back to his centre back partner and not a lot happened kind of disjointed, kind of uncertain. Basically, this result had absolutely nothing to do with how we played whatsoever, and absolutely we take it. Yeah. Are you, oh, both hands grabbing it and running away cackling is exactly what we do with this. And we're going to go through the motions of our usual Raw in a quite expedient way this evening, folks, and try and keep this a comparatively brief one. So, Carl, I'm just going to stay with you because we'll briefly mention the 11 that he decided to go with. It was Alison, Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk and Robbo, Henderson, Fab and Elliot, uh, Salah, Firmino, Nunes. And when you look Look at the bench where Kanati is not quite there yet. Jimmy Miller's on there. Adrian, Curtis Jones, Simicus, Ramsey, Carvalho, Bacetic, uh, Phillips and Kelleher. I'm not going to argue with that first 11. I don't think Manny could. I don't think there's a whole lot of choice there available. Um, you know, no matter what sort of tweaking you'd like to do there. Unless Kanati is fit again I don't see any problems with that given that that's what's available um so I'd be content enough with it but I'd like you to uh, rail against that opinion if you feel you need to um however we're going to focus on Ajax here in this section primarily uh, and I'll speak to both you and Dave about them starting with yourself they went with and I've been listening to you guys of course in advance and had before the previous game as well which was probably more of a revelation to me because again there were one or two squad members I wasn't familiar with until I heard you guys uh, talk them through Pasvir started in goal Sanchez Timber who um, really does look a player uh, did did well tonight I thought uh, Blint uh, Bassi Klassen Alvarez Berghaus Bergwijn Brabi and Tadic on their bench, they had Stecklenburg, who we all know, uh, Weindahl, who came on, Taylor, who came on. Wow, what a deeply unpopular man Kenneth Taylor is. Really weird reception for him tonight. They really don't seem to like him in, in the Ajax Stadium at all. A campus wrench. Uh, Gorter, Luca, Kudus, who came on, Grilich, who came on, um, Magallan or Magellan, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, and then Kansasau, who also came on. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you... Um, rate these guys as a side I mean domestically they're tearing it up um, but they haven't been impressive in this competition at all and if Rangers hadn't been such whipping boys they'd probably be embarrassingly bottom of, of this table um, what, what, what do you think it is that the manager is trying to do with them uh, A and B is there anything that you would have expected different in how they went about their business tonight from the start no, not a huge amount. If I answer your questions in reverse order, I think that they played 
pretty well in that opening 20 minutes when we were absolute guff uh, in terms of their movement off the ball, the combination plays and the usual position rotations that we see from them. I think the big issue that we have here, which I touched on in, in the scouter pod ahead of the match, is that we are seeing here a new manager put together a new team. And that's kind of what it is. It's a team which is individually and collectively much better than what they have domestically. And so they're going to waltz to the title, I would imagine, and probably do it in a, in a lovely, lovely manner. But when you're coming up against really established sides, best teams in Europe, what you need above all else, as we have seen this season in our own games, is cohesion, is organisation, is understanding, is good partnerships built up in key areas of the pitch, in a real deep knowledge of how your not just how your build-up play is structured, but how those movements are being made at the end of it and a clinical touch. And I think that probably in the first 20 minutes, they only lacked the clinical touch. We didn't test them at all in terms of their organisation and everything, but across the course of the group stage, that has been lacking. Um, they've obviously lost a lot of key players uh, in the summer just gone. They've had to replace them, and I think they've done that well, I must say. I do think that, the, in general, the players that they've brought in, the players who are on the fringes here are closer to first-team uh, quality than let's say some of our subs are at this moment in time there's a bigger drop off between our starters and people coming on right at this moment than is the case for Ajax I think but also where I think that they've done well with let's say signings like Calvin Bassey for example Brian Brobby coming back these players still have to uh, prove themselves at this level that's the first thing to note and secondly there are a couple of players where obviously they do still need to upgrade I think it's fair to say after the Liverpool's two games against them in particular in goal is probably one of those areas yeah, interesting. We will definitely come to that because um, uh, Darren Fletch, Fletcher made quite a few references to how unimpressed he was by the keeper on, in the BT commentary. Um, Dave, just to give you your take, uh, take away on Ajax as well. And if you wanted to comment on the Liverpool lineup, feel free to do it. We're going to come to it anyway because uh, there's a question there from Sandeep, which I do want to just flag up now in advance where he was asking us, could we speak about the midfield and how shit they were? <laughs> which, <laughs> which is which is nice and direct, Sandeep. Fair play to you, man. Uh, and I didn't want to let that one go, seeing as the question is thrown in there. We may well go on and deal with that in the workings of the match, actually. But if you wanted to say anything about the lineup for Liverpool, feel free. If not, just maybe let's keep the focus on Ajax and, and we'll do our chat mostly about Liverpool in the in the game details. I mean, it's the Ajax team that we were expecting. It's the team they've been running out for the last couple of domestic games. And it's fairly obvious the strengths and weaknesses of it. Like, there's a lot of pace in terms of timber. Bassi's fairly quick. Bergvine is rapid and Brobby's very quick. There's some guile in Tadic and Blind and Berghaus. And there's Graft with the likes of Sanchez, Klassen. Um, Alvarez and obviously Bassi as well. So they do have a, a decent enough balance and you look at the bench and they're bringing on players that actually improved their first team. I mean, I, I do like Blind, but there's no doubt that Windell is a better left back. Kenneth Taylor is better than Klaas and Erberg has. I, I, like you, didn't understand the reception. Maybe someone who follow, follows Ajax a bit more carefully can tell us Mohamed Kudu's coming on as an excellent player. Uh, Divine Wrench on the bench. He's excellent. Really good right back. Lucas Acampos is a good player. Didn't get on. Lorenzo Luca didn't get on. He's a decent player. Florian Grilichu came on. Not of the level of Alvarez, but he is a very good holding midfielder. So it is a strong team. It's just 
there didn't seem to be any there didn't seem to be any leadership in it. Like like I said earlier, when that first goal went in, their heads went completely. And they make young defender mistakes at centre back. Jurian Timber is very, very good, but he's also 21. So he's going to make mistakes. The same thing goes with Calvin Bassey, who's 22. Young defenders like that will always, always, always make mistakes. You can find videos of Alessandro Nesta at 19, 20, 21 making mistakes. And if you saw them and didn't know who it was, you'd think that fella never have a career. And he went on to be arguably the best centre-back the game has ever seen. So I wouldn't hammer them too much, but I mean, what they did for the first goal and then for the Nunes chance was an absolute mess. And there's no one there to dig them out and, and talk them through and, and hold them accountable. The, the goalkeeper for me, I just, I don't know what's going on in Dutch football. This fella, Remco Pasfeer, is 38. He'll be 39 in a couple of weeks. He had been a backup goalkeeper at PSV. That was the closest he ever got to playing for a top club. He made five league appearances. This is mad. Yeah, it's nuts. So he, he comes through, he makes his debut for 20 in 03-04, plays four games. In three seasons there, he plays 14 games for 20, not for PSV or Ajax or even Feyenoord, for 20. He drops down a level to go ahead Eagles and he becomes first choice there in the second division. Comes back up with uh, Heraclius and is first choice there for four seasons, plays 150 games. Goes to PSV, he's the backup for three three years. Goes to Vitas Arnhem, again, decent club, but a second tier um, club in the area division, not one of the, the big clubs. And he's first choice there for three or four years. And then he joins Ajax and, you know, he's 37 or 36, going 37 when he joins Ajax. And you assume, well, he's going to be the backup because, like, nobody buys that age of a goalkeeper with no track record to be their first choice. But here we are. He is their first choice goalkeeper. He's also recently gotten his way into the national team, made his debut in September. The second oldest player ever to debut for the Dutch national team after Sander Boschker, who was 39, that was in 2010, also a goalkeeper. I don't know how it is that the Netherlands, with all the talent that they produce, have not produced a good goalkeeper. Because this guy isn't a good goalkeeper. He's bang average. But if you look at their squad, you've got Sillison, not very good. Uh... Bijlau hasn't developed. Flecken, crap. Pasveer, we saw it tonight. Uh, Nobbert, not very good. And then you've got Kjell Sherpa, who's a young kid at Brighton. Uh, Tim Krul of Norwich is still kicking about. And Joel Drommel, who's at PSV Eindhoven and just hasn't developed the way they thought he would in the last two years. Their goalkeeping situation's a disaster, but he's the most fortunate man in the world. He's gone from being the backup at PSV to first choice for Ajax and the Netherlands in a World Cup year in a five-year span through his mid and into late 30s. It's just remarkable. I don't understand what's going on in Dutch football that this is where they are. But 
it is what it is, and he he's a, a quite a significant weak link. You would think that a goalkeeper of his age would have a more vocal presence, but he just doesn't seem to. And he seems quite panicky himself under a little bit of pressure. So, yeah, it wouldn't be a fan. And, and until they address that, you're going to get games like tonight. Like, he shouldn't be letting in that second goal, or the, the third goal. How do you get beaten from there? Awful, awful. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. Uh, we'll take it. Uh, like, we t- we'll, like, we'll take an awful lot of things this evening. And um, we'll also take the... I think Champions League debut or certainly Liverpool Champions League debut performance of uh, Jose Maria Sanchez uh, in the refereeing uh, uh, position. Because although he was as blind as every other referee in the world to body checks and assaults on Mo Salah, he wasn't awful. Uh, So I guess we'll cut him some slack. And Dave, why don't I stay with you to do the first, let's say, 15, 16 minutes of this? Because it does end up being a little bit of... Let's just do that opening chunk where things aren't great and then... Uh, Carl, oh, yeah, give you, me the fun part. <laughs> you, hey, listen, don't pretend you don't fucking love it, Dave. Oh, yeah. Uh, ch- chance on three minutes um, is the first thing of note. Uh, the ball rolled into the Liverpool box from the left-hand side. I think Brobby is the one who cushions the ball into the path of Berghouse. He takes a touch to the right of the penalty spot. And uh, Robertson's beaten. Now, the goal opened up in front of him. He should really score. He's one-on-one with Alisson, but he manages to hit the shot off the post to Alisson's left, the base of that post, the right-hand post as we're looking at it. Uh, It's a massive let-off, Dave, to start the game off. We should just take a minute to um, talk about that because if we don't, I have a terrible feeling that Darren Fletch, Fletcher of BT, will call into this Discord group and tell us how the game could have been very different if only Berghaus had taken that shot or if only Trent hadn't made the block that he makes in a couple of minutes' time. So talk to me a little bit about that um, and the shaky start that we made uh, and what you might put it down to. Well, we're absolutely all over the place in the first five minutes and nobody seems to have a real idea of what shape we're meant to be playing. But before the ball gets to Berghaus, he is in sort of the left half space, left channel. And he is their right-sided midfielder. And our left-sided midfielder has diligently tracked him all the way over there. And then decides, can't be arsed anymore, and just lets Berghaus away from him, gets the ball, makes no effort to close him down, and that's how he finds himself in such a vast amount of space with a free shot on goal. Um, Nothing about how we started the game made sense. Nothing. We saw Darwin having to sprint back to help Robbo, from a starting position that was deeper than the midfielder on that side. We saw Bobby having to drop in and form a double pivot with Fabinho to get some sort of control in the game. We saw Harvey Elliott drifting here, there and everywhere, just trying to find the ball, just trying to get a foot on the ball because Ajax had realised quite early 
that these lads don't know what they're doing. This is new to them. They're, they haven't figured out their roles yet. And they just kept popping the ball off into little pockets of space where our players should have been, but weren't aware that they were meant to be. And this is also what leads to that chance that Dusan Tadic has, which he gets hammered publicly when he makes a mistake defensively. And I had CBS because I, I can't do Fletch and McManaman. I cannot do Fletch and McManaman at, at all. So I watched the game on CBS and I had Andy Townsend. Now he is absolutely abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Every small little error that Trent made, he hammered him. And when Trent makes a goal-saving block, he goes completely mute and doesn't have a, go- a word to say good or bad. But on that Trent block, like that is an excellent bit of defending to get back and know where the best angle is to block the shot. So we should be 2-0 down. Like, we should have gone yeah. 2-0 down. And to be fair, that's on the 35-minute mark. And and, and there, I'm just going to stick with you, because like we said, we go through this quite quickly. And in, in, the, in the interest of expedience, I'm going to go to Carl for the goal and, 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 and any thoughts he has about the first half and the second. But you've, you have, in, in, in your attempts to link two things there, gone from minute whatever the hell that was three to 35 and mm. and they are the two moments but nothing in between was good for what, us Trev nothing. No, no, nothing was good for us and if you if, if you remember back to the seventh minute um our first tentative attempt at a break poor old Hendo takes a massively heavy touch he's trying to stride into a bit of space and he bangs into Bobby Firmino Salah has a cross uh, cuts in from the right and a little bit of a one-two with uh, Harvey on 10 minutes the cross is low and it's weak and it's easily cleared there were signs that maybe maybe something happened but then no they reasserted themselves a good ball into Tadic on 15 Ali had to come out and, and, and grab it that ball was in from the right hand side Berghaus has another effort on 16. It went about a yard wide. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, not enough was made of it. That was one of those hits that I, I think that you really would have enjoyed striking that ball. He hits it with his left foot. And it's a speculative effort from a bit of distance. And he hits it with quite a lot of technique. And it just sort of floats wide of Ali's right post. And it's a far better effort than it was given credit for in BT. 16 minutes, Sanchez hits one from outside the box, but it is straight at the keeper. And then we do make a couple of attempts. Robbo puts a bit of a ball in. Uh, Trent puts a ball in uh, after him on the 28th minute mark. And then on 33, we had our best spell of the game in terms of consistent probing possession, but it took until that 33rd minute. Yeah. And at the, at the end of that, Robbo whips one into the side ringing. And then, Dave, we have that block by Trent from a tallied shot after Virgil was actually fouled in the build-up. But again, our, our man didn't see that at all. No, letting uh, the game flow, Trev, you see, that's the new letting, letting the game flow. And then, of course, Virgil was absolutely pilloried by uh, Steve yeah, 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 McManaman and Fletch, but for not knowing what to do, she, he was caught. He was caught in no man's land. You see, Dave, and he didn't know whether to. Well, he, to he got shoved into no man's land. Yeah, is what and, happened he, and he didn't know whether to stick or twist. You see, Dave, uh, and all other cliches. Anyway, uh, that chunk. If there's anything else you want to take out of it before I go to Carl for the happy part of the half and his reflections on the bad part. Yeah, there's two things. Number one. It seemed like every cross and long pass Trent attempted 
was like a foot short of where he wanted it to go. Like he just couldn't make the right connection. And obviously we know his form has not been good this season. He's been up and down and mostly down. And it just seemed like that was going to carry on a little bit today because he was having a bit of trouble in the first half with Tadic. Tadic is very, very crafty. He's very intelligent. He's got really nice movement. And I think because he's not the quickest, Trent was switching off on him a little bit and allowing Tadic to get behind him, almost trying to cheat that he could cut passes out. And when the ball went behind him, he'd be all right to get back and and catch him with his pace. But, of course, Tadic is not going to try and run away from him. He's going to turn back and let Trent sail past him and then feed a ball into the middle of the park. We had the... You mentioned the Berghaus shot that went wide, the left-footed one. If the first chance, the one he misses on three minutes, falls on his left foot, he scores without question. Um, but that one, the, the, the one where he takes the shot from distance, again, I mean, it's a really bad ball by Trent that kind of opens us up. He plays it into the middle, I think, trying to find Fabinho. Fab has no chance of getting near it. But Berghaus has 10 yards of space in all directions. Nobody's picking him up. Nobody's tracking him. And he just strolls onto it. And like you said, it's a lovely strike. He puts his foot right through the ball. And it does come closer than the uh, the commentators would have given it credit for. We had one really weird moment, though. And this is going to seem like I'm picking on him. But Jesus Lord wept. We They broke out from the back and broken numbers, and we took the ball off them in the middle of the pitch. And their their players were trying to get back into defensive areas, and Fab picks the ball up in midfield and turns and looks to pass it, and Henderson comes steaming across demanding the ball. So Fab gives it to him. Henderson plays a pass to Harvey, demands it back, and starts telling everybody to slow down. Like, he's making gestures at everybody to slow down. You're like, you've just ruined a counter-attacking moment when their defence is all over the place for no reason, just to have a few sterile touches of the ball. Like, his decision-making in that first 40 minutes was an abomination. His touch was off. Defensively, he was a shambles. Carol will talk about his highlight of the game. But that first 40 minutes, like, he has had some bad performances this season. Now, he wasn't anywhere close to the only one that was bad in that first 40 but he was the worst by a distance. And that's a big part of why Bobby was dropping back so deep, why Darwin was having to track back so much, why Mo was having to drop into midfield, because we were just getting swamped. Harvey's not a midfielder. Jürgen can play him there till the cows go home. But he's not a midfielder. It's the same as if Jürgen stuck chicken or stuck feathers up in the up his arse and called himself a chicken. He wouldn't be one. Harvey's not a midfielder. So basically, we left Fabinho in midfield by himself for 40 minutes. And thankfully, Bobby had the cop on to look at it and go, hang on, these, it's three on one in there. Like, Klassen and Berghaus are buzzing around. Alvarez is, has all the time in the world on the ball. Let me just drop back in there and give him a, a helping hand. And then give, him an out, give the defence an outlet when we try and build something. But it all came from the midfield shape just being so, so poor. And like Sandeep said, I don't know what the midfield plan was. Because if Jürgen sent them out and said, Harvey, 
you stand on the right touchline and Hendo, you go stand on the left touchline really high and wide and Darwin's going to do your running and then Fab will take care of everything else in the middle then Jurgen needs to be committed because if that if that was the plan if if that was something they worked on in training and someone thought yeah that's a good idea let's let's run with that for this game then serious questions need to be asked of what's going on at the AXA training center is the place haunted is it cursed has i don't know the ghost of Brendan Rodgers and Colin Pascoe shorts re-entered the building because what we saw in that first 40 minutes, like it got better after 25, but it was still a long way short of being acceptable. It was just bad as opposed to appalling. That first 40 was horrible. And I don't know how the next 20 minutes happens because there's no connection from what we were doing to what we began to do. There was no sort of light bulb moment where things started to click. No. We got no. very, very fortunate in how the ball appeared at Henderson's feet and where the Ajax defence went. And from there, the game just changed. It did, and absolute credit where it's due for the execution of it. And I, 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 there's a little bit more unfortunate, I would argue, Carl, because on that goal in 41 minutes, um, it is Mo Salah. And I think Henderson did well to kind of roll the defender. Um, you know, the ball drops nicely, as Dave says, for him uh, without it necessarily being a, a, a massively deliberate thing on his part. But what is deliberate is the excellent execution of the outside of the right foot pass, which makes its way straight into the path of Mo Salah, who is confronted with an outrushing pass fear and sort of just sweeps the ball past him uh, with a degree of nonchalance, a little bit of elevation. Uh, the keeper has committed himself and he's nowhere really. He's kind of in nowhere land uh, and it is a nice goal. I'm going to get you to talk about that in a second and also any of the bad stuff you want to mention from the first half. But we should just wrap it up by saying that then on 43 minutes, as Dave says, all of a sudden we are just sort of in a situation where we're for a couple of minutes absolutely dominant and could wrap the game up in that first half darwin nunez hits the post um from a couple of yards out it's a fantastic diagonal ball from joe gomez to robo robo cuts in uh carries the ball a little bit and plays this gorgeous through ball which finds Bobby Firmino raiding in from the right-hand side. Bobby's got the goal gaping in front of him, and he unselfishly decides to square the ball to his pal. And Bobby's reaction is magic as Darwin hits the post. He just It's just a, it's a thing of beauty to look at Bobby's reaction. If you haven't seen it, go and look at it. Uh, as that half ends, Carl, you could be forgiven for being one of the Liverpool supporters who are in La La Land saying, yeah, we've got this, uh, class will always out and all the rest of it. But you could not be forgiven, really, because in essence, it would be to turn your back and a blind eye to some pretty horrendous um, effort in those first, and certainly in the first half hour, at least. So lots for you to mull over there. You get to chat about the goal if you want, the Darwin effort if you want, and any of the bad stuff you want to mention as well. Are you that person who has everything? 
the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Mm. Um, I think we'll go in reverse order again, to be honest, and get the bad stuff out of the way quickly. Um, Excellent. The, 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 the start of this, I think it must have been about, I'm not sure, maybe 15, 20 minutes into the game, I've sent a message into our little uh, scout of WhatsApp group and said that this is probably the worst ever attempt at a diamond that any football team has ever attempted ever in the history of any game of football on the planet. It was... Uh, I don't even know what 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 the what the worst part of it is, to be honest. I mean, normally you want to play a diamond when you're off the ball, you're going to be reasonably compact with like a, a three and then just one gets to press, whether it's the 10 or whether it's one of the ones from the sides and the other one will drop in a little bit. But the idea is to be difficult to play through and be compact and be able to tilt side to side so that you've got you know, three all the time fairly well spaced out and and able to stop the through passes and all the rest of it but we didn't we had our side diamonds were on the touchline most of the time and Firmino did after a little while start to drop in I thought after 20 minutes or so Firmino and also the fullbacks got to grips with what they were supposed to be doing but usually the things that you would expect in a diamond if you just asked anybody basic stuff what would you expect to see in a diamond fullbacks overlapping the midfielders would be the first thing not fullbacks sitting all the way back or all the way forward, but nothing in between. And the wide mid or the, the sides of the diamond touch line wide on both sides of the pitch at the same time. And just one guy covering the entire width of the pitch, especially when that guy has habitually not really been able to run or turn for much of this season, which was a, <laughs> quite a big concern again. Um, I mean, there were a couple of instances where even like Fabinho, when he, he was in there on his own, instead of Firmino dropping deep, like provide a little bit of a you know a blocking passage or anything like that it was actually Fabinho stepped up Fabinho stepped up almost alongside Firmino to try and sort of turn them back to pass backwards or whatever but if we get bypassed then we have no central midfield at all it was yes. so so weird the only thing I could even jokingly uh sort of make my head think of what's been going on here is we've used an iPad, right, to show the players how they'll be lining up. And someone has put two fingers on the screen and zoomed in on the midfield diamond. And so the wide midfielders are then touching the edge of the screen and they've just yeah. forgotten that there's more pitch on the other side of it. Either uh, that or they've made they've made the, the team layout in like Excel and transferred yeah. it into a different exactly that yeah thing. Just and it's just, it, yeah and it's just shrunk it down so the midfield is like really <laughs> really really weird but the thing is like weird. we were a good 15 to 20 minutes into that game carl before it became apparent that we were actually playing a diamond like well, that's became, how bad it was, it was 15 it 20 was... minutes before it was apparent we were playing football to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you mate um oh. i mean quite early on it was it was obvious that we were playing split strikers whether that was going to be a three the 4-3-3 obviously or Firmino dropping it or whatever it was was it was obvious that we were playing 
Nunez and Salah were were forwards, let's say, but not necessarily going to be out wide all the time. They were they were quite in from out, but we thought after a little bit, once the fullbacks did start to do a little bit more overlapping, and we were a bit more compact centrally with the with Henderson and Elliot tucking in a little bit more, we started to get a bit more of an outboard. But for that first. I would say even 30, 35 minutes, it was very, very difficult to see any kind of build-up patterns from us at all. Like We had no idea what to do on the ball. Off the ball was an abomination, as it has been for much of the season. But even like in the 4-3-3 at times when we were getting beaten, even in the 4-4-2 when we were hit and miss, we've we've been all right in terms of the build-up patterns, usually. Uh, attacking play has still been okay not clinical all the time but we've still had ways to get the ball in the final third and we've looked all right when we're having spells of possession first half an hour or so of this tonight was rubbish we didn't have any idea how to get the ball from whoever had it in midfield to the front guys no clue whatsoever nobody supporting from the second line no you know decent deliveries i think when salah scored was probably like our third shot something like that and it was just the two fullbacks who'd had to go beforehand uh, apart from maybe one one blocked effort, which was nothing at all anyway. Um, Darwin, oh, do you know what? I don't, I don't even want to talk about Darwin's miss. I'm going to talk about Firmino setting him up. That weight of pass first time from Firmino was lovely. I like that. That was my favourite thing of the first half. Mm. He, he still should have shot, though. I think he was um, trying to make Van Dijk look better at the weekend. Possibly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do not I shoot mean, when you're in front of goal anymore. Like the the goal is gaping. I mean, it's 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 a weird decision. And the only person on that pitch, and I mean this sincerely, who could have the you know matrix bullet time brain to do that and decide. No, I won't take this shot on. I would square it to the lad who could really do with a goal is Bobby Firmino. And so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there. I think it's a generous act on his part. And you know what? It doesn't really matter too much because, Dave, to give you a chance to talk about a goal, the man in question, Mr. Nunez, who was looking quite dejected and hadn't been having a great time in that first half in terms of trying to beat guys and it wasn't working out, mm. trying to do link-up play and it wasn't working out, heavy touches, all that type of thing that makes the bedwetter types um, run off to um, Twitter and cry. Well, at least it didn't take too long into the second half for the lad to show what he is really, which is a very talented fella with a lot of rough edges. And the talent showed through because on 48 minutes, he's bombing down that left side. And you could say, what are you doing, fella? Because he hits this kind of cross come shot. Is it a cross? Is it a shot? Who can really tell? But it's battered away by pass fear at the near post and out for a corner. And I felt a bit disgruntled on the back of the miss and the back of the heavy touches and the back of all the rest of it. And I was saying, Darwin, lad, come on. And he trots over to the middle. Robbo goes over to take the corner. It's a fantastic delivery from the kid, to be fair to him. Darwin gets away, not just from Timber, not just from Sanchez, but from all of their defence, running from the right towards the near post and heads a fantastic effort glancing style 
in off the base of the right post. It's picture perfect, Dave. Like it's it's what you want your big lug of a striker to do day in, day out. I loved it. Yeah, me too. I it's similar in terms of the the headed style to the goal he got against West Ham. Just that ability to separate himself from from defenders, uh, hang in the air and direct the ball where he wants it to go. It's a brilliant header. It's a great great corner, like you mentioned, from Robbo. I'll tell you why we can't say if it was a shot or a cross that pass fear clawed out. Because nobody knows, including Darwin. <laughs> All he knows is that he kicked the ball in that general direction and sure, whatever happens after that is not within his control. Um, yeah, I felt bad for him first half because he was having to do an awful lot of grafting going backwards, chasing uh, Sanchez, chasing Timber, who just randomly gets it in his head that he's going to head up the pitch and, and try and cause mayhem. And... Like you said, he, he was getting. I mean, he was getting the ball in positions where you don't really want him getting the ball. You don't want him getting the ball glued to the touchline and having to take players on. You want him running in behind. You want him getting on the end of things. And his touch was poor. His layoff attempts were poor. But this, this is what we bought him for. This ability in the box. This ability to win headers in the opposition box. And. If you watch as Robbo gets ready to strike that, Jurian Timber basically has him in a hug. Like, not holding his shirt, he has him in a hug. And Darwin just powers through him. Yeah. And that gives you an idea of the physicality that this lad has. Right. Because Timber is as strong as an ox. So we need to revel in this. This is my point. We need to revel in this because... For all the, and, and I've just openly put my hands up and said, I'm one of these people who was sort of groaning to myself. Mm. Not out of like, what's the, this lad shit. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. It's I'm because saying, you know he's better, he's capable of better. Of co- 100%. And so I'm, I'm kind of cringing to myself going, lad, come on. And then he does that. And honestly, I can't think, and it was so exciting in the first real time we saw him, which was in the City game. Mm. It was so exciting to see this lad is a unit that people can't cope with. He's a wild card and he can finish. And that's just magic. And, 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 and that moment there gave me a little bit of hope for what's left of this season. Not just because it's him and he might come good and blah, blah, blah. But because it gives us an extra factor, an extra little sort of uh, string to a bow uh, that, you know, keeps getting battered. And it, it is exciting to think of how good he might get, in yeah. my opinion. It is, of course. And when you when you consider the fact that, you know, Trent is obviously out of form, this is not going to continue for Trent. Trent will get back to being Trent of normal, which means that Darwin is then all of a sudden going to get the service of one of the best chance providers in all of world football, something he hasn't yet had because Trent has been, he's been crap this season, if we're being really honest about it. Um, He's going to get more games in a team with Thiago, who can unlock defences at the drop of a hat. 
and Andy Diaz. Roberts and Luis Diaz when he comes back. And Mo Salah, who last season led the league in assists and got a great assist tonight. And Andy Robertson is one of the best crossers of the ball in the world. So the thing with, with Darwin that I really I'm really excited about is the idea of him and Mo as a two. And I've talked about this since we bought him. He reminds me of there's a little bit of Torres in him. Not the he doesn't have Torres's grace. He doesn't have Torres's technical polish. But he's got that sort of gliding nature, that athleticism, that burst of speed that Nando had. And then he's got this other side to him where you can tell he's a bit of a bastard. Like there's a bit of grok and a bit of gnarl about him. He's really hard work and he's happy to throw himself into a defender. He's like a he's like Diego Costa if Diego Costa had gone to school as a youngster and met <laughs> met a good Irish teacher who'd knocked some of the some of the boldness out of him. You know, you know, you had the same type of teachers as I did. If you had too much boldness in, in you, they took some of it out. They left it one. in. You I, are I one am yourself, one. but you're not allowed knocking out with them now. <laughs> <laughs> rules are rules. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I meant to say that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, he has that that two sides to him. And if we can harness what he what he can bring us, we now have an a real aerial threat in the box. Like Sadio was really good in the air, but the bottom line is Sadio was five foot nine. If Sadio was winning a header, a defender had made a mistake. We've got two great crossers. We've got Thiago and Fabinho when he gets himself back into form as well, who can control that midfield and get the ball into him. We can knock it behind the defence and he can run on. We can put the crosses in and he'll get to them. We can play it to his feet. And if he's got Mo playing next to him, buzzing around, a la Antoine Griezmann next to Diego Costa for Atleti for years, that's the type of partnership I could really see working well. And I could see it in a situation where Darwin is the second top scorer in the team because Mo is Mo but he's still scoring an absolute bundle of goals. I I think he is going to get 20 this season. I think he's already up to six, and it's still early days, and he still lost three weeks with the suspension, a week with the injury. Klopp said um, before the game tonight, he's not fully there, but, you know, he's there. And, you know, there's even there's little mad things he did. Like, tonight, after he gets his goal... Ajax are attacking. They played the ball into the edge of our box and Darwin Nunes appears from nowhere and picks the ball up and starts charging out of defence with it. Like You're like, well, firstly, why are you back there? How did you get back there? And like, what the fuck's going on? But I, also, I just think... Also, I just thank think God you were there. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. But I just think, like, he's very new to us in terms of both the individual... And that type of number nine, yes, he's raw. Yes, there will be moments where you're going to get really frustrated. But the reason you're getting frustrated, like you said, Trev, is because we know the talent is there and we know he's going to be really good. So when he has a bad moment, you're going to be frustrated with him. It's not like he's going to, you're going to get angry with him because you don't get angry with bad players. You get angry with bad players who do bad things all the time. You get frustrated with good players who do bad things every so often. 
Yeah, so, which is how, which is what, how we currently feel about Fabinho, yeah. which is and how we've often felt about... Sandro had long spells where he would frustrate yeah. the life out of you. There'd be entire games where Sadio, you'd want to wring his neck because his touch would be off. He'd slow everything down. He'd get into these little 1v1 battles with defenders. Because he knew he was better than anyone else on the pitch if he wanted them. Yeah, and then he'd get into the... Remember, he'd get into those real physical battles with defenders and he'd get real narky and gnarly. And Klopp would be taking him off to avoid him getting sent off. Like, Rob Holding used to wind Sadio up something shocking. Rob Holding, shit. And Sadio was letting him get in his head. Darwin does... Has similarities to Sadio like that, where he does let defenders get in his head a little bit. And, Once he and, figures that out, he'll be fine. He's 23. He's going to be great for us. And in the interest of complete openness as well, he at one point got a stray hand <laughs> in the face. And Diego Costa special. One beat, two beats, and went full cost and decided to go down <laughs> in a diving act of complete of complete fannydom. And I want to put that out there. Uh, Card, <laughs> speaking of lads who um, you really, really want to see do well, uh, and lads who I've I've heard you and Dave speak about this guy several times in your shows, and. I know for a fact um, we've spoken about him many times on this show. And it's Harvey Elliott who puts us 3-0 ahead only three minutes after Darwin has put us 2-0 ahead. And really, I I, I think you'll join me in saying it. You're kind of absolutely, you know, I was virtually ululating with joy. But it's... It feels a bit unreal. It feels like we've really just done these now. Uh, it's almost mean. We just turned up the class quotient and God love them. They're screwed now. Um, but Harvey Elliott plays his part in this because Trent plays a ball into Mo Salah. His reverse kind of through ball is lovely. It puts Harvey in on the right-hand side of goal, a narrowish angle, and he's on his right foot. He has no right, Carl, to slam that shot past pass fear on the near post. But he does. It's a great hit. And I can't be the only man in Christendom who is watching it going, it's very quiet in the stand. Oh, yeah, it's not Anfield. That's why. And it's actually a goal. I, for a beat, I did not believe it was a goal. But it's so well taken. It's so well executed. And... I've heard Dave talk about Harvey on his own show several times and whether or not he's going to be able to make it, whether or not he's actually going to be the uh, the real deal for us, whether or not he's a lad where in a different world would he would benefit immensely from being out on loan and coming back to us and all of these things. We are currently in need of him and it's lovely to see the kid deliver, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I have said several times this season, I think he's one of the few who has been closest to his top level on a, on the most consistent basis this season, to be honest. Yeah, um, you have. It, it, it's not his fault that he's not always in his most natural position and that we're asking him to do a lot of stuff, which at the minute he's just, he hasn't learned to do, quite frankly. You know, his role has changed, what, three times this season at least already? And for a young player who doesn't really have, what, much more than must be approaching a, the massive milestone of 20 league top flight matches at this point. There's you know, not exactly a huge number. I think he's done superbly well off the ball. 
there's a lot to do off the ball though the whole team has had a lot to do and a lot to improve upon this season so um, I, I love the way he plays I love obviously seeing him in possession and I think he's one of our hardest working players and sometimes the only player who looks like he could be the one to generate a little bit of a spark for us or sometimes the only one to get Salah involved in the game as well with little one-twos and getting the ball about him and stuff um, it was almost as long a wait for the commentator tonight to realise that he had scored his second Champions League goal as he had to wait for the VAR to give him his first Champions League goal uh, against Rangers um, so he was obviously more aware of it quicker this time but I'm not sure that BT's Champions League uh, commentators were um, Darwin I just want to say I, I get the feeling I get the sense of Darwin Nunez it's going to get to like about March maybe not a bit, bit, bit later let's say about April or something like that and some people are going to be like you're a little bit disappointed with him or he's not had that good of a season is he and then it's going to be like and today he scored his 17th goal of the season and people are going to be really really has he done that well <laughs> they has are, he got that they? many yeah they it's are, absolutely yeah. going to happen I bet you, if you ask most people now they would pick probably like three goals that he scored this season something like that it's yeah. already a, he's already that kind of player because well, he's not starting all the time that's the thing but he's going to be that type of player that just gets a whole bunch of goals and you don't really realise like it's a stupid comparison to make because Gabriel Jesus has been really good for Arsenal, but he's been talked about as one of the signings of the summer. And Darwin has scored more goals in 500 less minutes. And some people are still trying to make out that he's struggling. When the truth is he's doing what we bought him to do. We didn't buy him to do what Gabriel Jesus does for Arsenal. We bought him to put the round thing into the oak with the net. And as long as he keeps doing that, that's all we can really ask for. But if you look at Darwin, when he plays over 30 minutes, he tends to score goals. I think There's that's four goals and four starts, Dave. Four Am goals right? and four starts. And the only games in which he has played more than 30 minutes for us and not scored was Rangers at home, which was a very comfortable game. And he played quite well and had McGregor making the greatest saves Alan McGregor has ever made. Uh, Crystal Palace were he was just in a shit show all round and got sent, sent off. And then Everton, they're the only three games in which he's played more than 30 minutes and not scored for us this season. Put him on the pitch, the lad will score goals. It's just what he does. Now, what I want to do is I want to wrap it up quite quickly here because what happens after that goal is almost a formality it's not i'll give ajax their credit it's not like they just gave in it didn't turn into after the lord mayor's show they did keep trying they kept pressing to try and get a goal and um there was plenty of pride in their performance and i want to make that very very clear so it's not being dismissive of their efforts or ours but i want to run through it quickly because we said we would uh, the only thing of note for me in this last section is a fella comes on who, if only his name was spelled a bit different, would rival Fashion Sakala and Marvellous Nakamba as one of the greatest names in football. Because anyone who's called Divine Wrench, I take my hat right off. But the spelling's all wrong, lad. You, you need to go and change it. Get back to the uh, wherever you go change it around and make it look like actual divine wrench and i am giving you the winning name 
it's actually better than Marvelous. We'll buy the sharks, Trev. We'll it's better. It's better than Marvelous. It's better than Marvelous. It's better than fashion. I I love it. I love the idea of a. Is divine it better wrench. than Isaac's success, though? Yes, <laughs> because the divine wrench is a thing that I wonder what that means. I'm I'm, I'm trying <laughs> he, to. Think he needs about. to change it, and then he needs to go full name on the back of the shirt. A hundred percent. None of the surname bullshit. None of the first name bullshit. No, 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 no. Full Spell name. that shit out. Spell it right out. This is this is this is where we are. Anyway, uh, to to go through the bits and bobs, there is. You know, our man, bless him, our, our new boy, our newbie in, in the black, uh, missed a bassy handball. Nothing was given for a corner. We got Virgil headed a rob across wide. 57 minutes, Kudus and Weindal came on for Blint and Klassen. Uh, Berghaus played, uh, played a ball into Weindal after that, and his cross was well cleared by Gomez. Curtis comes on for Darwin on 62. Taylor for Brobby at the same time. Bergwine had a bit of a shot over the top on 63. A nice move from Mo Sendel with a great Bobby Firmino pass, his second of the match to Mo Salah, who lifted it over from the edge of the box. I think he was trying to lob the keeper. He's right in there now, and it's nice to see him trying things like that. So I took that as a very good thing. 68 minutes, a nice move ended with a Sanchez pull back to Taylor who ballooned it over from 10 yards. That did not help with his, his popularity. We brought on Bacetic, Mil- Milner and Fabio uh, for Henderson, uh, Fabinho and Harvey on 69. There's a wild Berghaus effort on 73. Bacetic blesses little cotton socks, which he has rolled down so low so that we all realise what a baller he is. Has an effort from 30 yards. Uh, on about the 74 minute mark and I'm laughing away to myself he, it's a placed effort as well uh, he actually thought he could just pass it inside the post from 30 yards he's well he's a child is he 17 18 you gotta love this kid uh 84 minutes timber drove at us and he got through to be fair to the kid only to pull his shot wide and low to the left it should have been a goal and uh, we possibly deserved to concede it when you think about the amount of chance we coughed up. Constantine and Grilich came on. Costas came on. Uh, good run by Costas on 89 minutes. Ball into Bob. Uh, he stuck it into Fabio. Got caught under his feet. And the only thing that happens after that is that Miller kicks a lot up in the air in 92 minutes. And we are out. So I'm going to get your final thoughts from both of you on this match. Uh which saw the Reds qualify for the latter stages of the Champions League, which is all we give a crap about in this current absolute ball bag of season. I'm going to start, Dave, as I often do with you for your final thoughts and finish with Carl. So why not do exactly that? And by the way, at the end of it, do let us know if there's anything coming up from you uh, show-wise. Yeah, I mean, look, as we've said, we didn't play well other than, you know, once we got the first goal and they started to fall apart, we took the game over and we wrapped it up very, very quickly in the second half. And then it just became about managing the game and seeing it out. Uh, I did enjoy Bastic coming on with his socks rolled most of the way down. It's unusual to see such a tall player do that it made him look like he had extraordinarily long legs like he might be about six nine running around the pitch um (laughs) again you know like literally pass fear 
is old enough to be his father and have been an adult when having him. So maybe he got visions of playing football with his dad at home and thinks that old people can't really throw themselves around. They get hurt. You know, you fall over when you're old, it hurts. So he's just trying to pass it into the corner thinking the old man won't get to it. But it was good to see him get a game. Good to see him get a run and all positive from him. Like you said, Costas came on, looked lively and, and positive and, I thought Curtis actually did fairly well when he when he got moved back into midfield. Completely lost playing left wing. Just completely out, out of sorts. But when he went into midfield, he got involved quite a bit. Um, James Milner did a sprint and didn't get shorter as he ran, which was positive. Um, Jurian Timber and James Milner ran into each other and Milner ended up in a heap on the floor. And given Milner's made it a concrete... It goes to tell you how strong Jurian Timber is. Uh, I suppose the only negative from the night is the potential in- injury to Henderson, um, which didn't look great. Like, it's a clash mm. of knees, and he takes a step, and is, it just all seems to give out, and he just goes on the ground. Yeah. He seems in quite a bit of pain. I've, I've just really checked... Spot. Yeah, exactly. And I've just... Neil Jones has nothing from Klopp on it. Jimbo has nothing from Klopp on it. Um, so it doesn't... That's a, good, that, 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 that's a good sign because Klopp would be straight out going, it's not good. He, he, that, Klopp has turned into a fucking emo. Let's be honest. He has. Klopp is coming fair. out. He's, all he's short of doing is pulling down his fucking fringe and telling us how shit the world is and how he hates his parents. While, like, while listening to the used or something. Yeah, um, he's gone. He's gone full dark, dark world. So we would know about it if it was bad. Oh, okay. So Jurgen Klopp. This is Paul Gorst. Jurgen Klopp on Jordan Henderson's withdrawal. Is he okay? I think so. I was worried as well because he was in front of me. Knee on knee is so painful, but it's a bruise, and so far I know nothing else. Well, he doesn't know. Basically, is what he said. Uh, is he okay? I think so. I don't know. Uh, is the the long and the short of it. So we'll wait and see. Um, obviously, you don't want Henderson getting hurt ahead of a World Cup because it'll be his last World Cup. And yeah. I, I just think, you know, we're seeing a number of other players, like Kante is out of the World Cup. Varane might be out of the World Cup. Reese James, Kyle Walker. Like, at least Reese James will have another World Cup, maybe two more. But for the likes of Walker and Kante and Varane and Pogba potentially and people like that, this is their last one. It would be Henderson's last one as well. So you don't want players denied the opportunity of going to the World Cup. No, Um, I really want to see Jordan uh, leading England all the way to the semi-finals of the World Cup where they go out in penalties. And I won't be uh, laughing at all. I I want to want to see him sitting on the bench as they go out in the group stage personally I know you do uh, just shout out to the Irish cricket team uh, reinforcing Irish superiority (laughs) over England that's cricket and rugby we're better than yet lads so we're coming for football Uh... we're coming for football at some point and also we did did win the World Series in Gaelic football as well so so if you you feel like playing as an art sports you come on over Um, uh, shows for the week, Dave. Shows for the week. I have two-footed every day, daily read every day, scouted with Carl ahead of Leeds, and that'll be basically each week until the World Cup break, and then 
We've got a daily show during the World Cup and myself and yourself are under strict instructions to get back to doing on the books. Uh, (laughs) I've also got, I've got a call in to the Grandmaster Tandon for an appearance on Old School. Uh, He claims he's very busy and, and doesn't care about the listeners. This is... This is basically it. He just doesn't care about the listeners. So I think I think he's a hologram. I don't believe in him anymore. He's basically Rimmer um, from Red <laughs> Dwarf, which also means that he's Michael Oliver, the referee, which is just a bizarre coincidence. Um, but yeah, that's why he can't he can't come and, uh, and do old school because he, he just doesn't care about you, the listener. I'm here for you every day. Gags is too big time. It's sad. We miss I him. I hope if I say this enough, he just gets annoyed and comes on. And he will, yeah. It will work eventually. I've noticed that every day you just keep digging him, so it will work. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dave. And Carl, your final thoughts and sum-ups. Uh, you're taking the game and obviously do let us know what's coming up from the match at verse over the next few days. Uh, well, I have absolutely no interest in any of those other shaped balls that you two were just harping on about for about half an hour. I've lost all interest <laughs> Sorry, in the conversation, man. to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you know what my biggest takeaway from tonight is? I really like this green shirt that we wore. There you go. Yes. yes. Bloody oh, yes. I meant to say that. It's, it's class. A thing of beauty. One of our best kits ever. Yeah. yeah. Can we can we bin off the other thing? Oh, please. Yeah. Just get I, rid of that. Why don't we have a red, do you know what, do you know what that, that a white or yellow and this? We ever have them them um, boys, I suppose, when you're a kid. Uh, I think they're called spirograph or spirogram or something like that, where you put a pencil in this plastic thing and do it all the way around in a big circle and it makes all these shapes of different colors. Oh, I remember that. that. Yeah, 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 I remember yeah. that. That's what that kit reminds me of. It gets on my nerves and it looks all blurry yeah. on the screen. But I love this one. And, and we're also shit in it. I mean, it's yes, not... Yes, it's, there is that. It's, 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 that that it's one's not bad. winning any trophies. Plot no, needs to channel his full Fergie and just come out and say, well, the lads can't see each other in that kit. It's the gray, the it's, it is, it's the grey sharp view cam. Yeah. Fuck, fuck it. Bin it now. Get the green in. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, that cl- that green kit is actually class. Yeah. So, Carl, so, you're, right, you're right on it there, man. Go. I, I, I'm delighted you brought that up. I meant to do it earlier. Um, sorry. Continue on what you were saying. No idea. Um, I'll be on the same scout as Dave because that's the show that we do together. Um, I might well be on Raw at the weekend. I can't honestly remember. Oh, no, it's Leeds at the weekend, so I'm not on that one. Um, I don't really have too much written stuff going out over the next week because it's World Cup soon and all my stuff is World Cup based. Well, we shall look forward to your World Cup-based stuff. Uh, just do let us know when is that going to kick off? Like, when can we start getting a feel for the World Cup coming up or is it already yeah. started? I think at the start of November, the first few pieces will go up and then obviously there'll be a, a whole load after that final round of Premier League games. Tremendous. Can I just take a moment to say thanks to Guy Drinkle for stepping in for me. He is an absolute legend of an AI lad uh, and a good mate. And I appreciate him immensely uh, for what he has done over the last while while I wasn't available. It wasn't just discomfort there's a lot of bits and bobs and i just i was not able to be here and i do appreciate guys stepping in he does it without fuss and he does it uh excellently each and every time a top man uh, and i wanted to say that to him thanks to carl thanks to dave i'm trev and we'll be back with you very very soon for the next raw and hopefully another liverpool win
Good luck. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.